Welcome guys, this is Stephen McKee and this is Wisdom's Echo. Um, I want to talk today a little bit about open heavens. We've, we've all heard the phrase open heavens and we've all got ideas about what that means. It's revival, it means there's a thin place, the Celtic saints would call it a thin place maybe. And how that the heavens would just be open, it seems that you're somehow closer to that heavenly realm. And we've also got ideas about how how does how do we have a whole region that has an open heaven? Like how do we have like over a village or over a town or over a city or over a nation even? We might call that revival where suddenly people would encounter God if they get anywhere near that region. Like in the Isle of Lewis, um even ships going past the Isle of Lewis in the Hebrides in nineteen forty eight, forty nine, even ships going past, the presence of God would invade the ships. And people would be slain in his spirit. We might call that an open heaven. And you can call it whatever you like. An outpouring, revival. But the key question is, how do we get an open heaven an open, an open heaven over a region? Um, in past times, we've had, I think, crazy ideas where we think, right, it's just about spiritual warfare. It's just about praying down all the demons and principalities and powers and evil spirits over a over a region or nation i've never ever went down that road because I, I don't believe that that was the way they did it in the new testament i don't see the disciples doing it i don't see the apostles doing it i think there's something more fundamental than that something something that maybe we've missed and i want to read today from matthew three thirteen to 17 and it's to do with the baptism of jesus and God showed me something today that I wasn't looking for it. I just feel the Lord's revealed something that's very simple but very profound in relation to open heavens. Because we all want to see that realm of God, that dimension of heaven. that doesn't just come into our buildings or where we are praying. It's not just for us, but it's for a whole region, a whole city. So Matthew 3, verse 13 to 17 says this. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptised by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptised by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfil all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water, at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and aligning on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And it's the word we are, Son, mature Son. And we can see from the scripture that the heavens were open, the heavens were rent. That the, the father even spoke and said, this is my huios, mature son. But what caused that open heaven in, in that region at that point in time? Well, as soon as he was baptised, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. The heavens were opened was connected, directly connected to baptism. So what is the baptism all about? What is really that saying? Let me just read Romans 6, verse 3 to 12. And it says this, Or do you not know that, uh, that as many of us were baptised 
into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. I just want to, I'll, I'll continue, but I want to just stop there. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. Do you know, we look for all these formulas. We look for ways, strategies to pray. We looked, especially maybe in the 80s, 90s, where it was all about spiritual warfare. If you can just bring down a demon over your city, you'll have revival. But actually, that was not the key here. And I don't believe it's ever the key. I believe the key here is that baptism is about death to self. It's about us doing the Father's will. Now Jesus did not need to die to sin, although he did in a way, because he had to resist temptation. But he walked a crucified life. In other words, a life of complete obedience, complete surrender, complete yieldedness to the Father. And if we want to see an open heaven, we have got to be baptised into the death of and burial and resurrection of Christ. We've got to be united with him in this. Now it's okay just quoting scripture saying that I, I am in union with God. I am in union with Christ. But I believe we've got to walk it out. I believe we've got to appropriate it into our life. Just like everything else in scripture. Yeah, in one sense it's legally ours. In one sense it's legally done. Like by his stripes we are healed. You could say it's already done, but we've got to see it appropriated into our life, into our experience. Otherwise, it just remains a promise. It just remains something that's potential. And I believe one of the keys for the saints of old, I've, I've spoken about this many times, is that they knew how to live. They, they knew the secret of being dead to self and alive to Christ. And I believe if we're going to see an open heaven over regions, we have got to have people who are completely yielded vessels, completely surrendered vessels, dead to self. That's what this was all about. As soon as Jesus was baptised, the heavens opened. It was not crying out for revival even. It was not crying out to see principalities removed from a city. It was a simple vessel. In this case, it was Jesus who was fully man and fully God, but he was being baptised as a man, as an example that we should be baptised into the very death and burial and resurrection of Christ, into the fullness of who he is. We need to be baptised into that place of surrender, into death itself. And it's then that the heavens were opened. We're not going to see the heavens opened over our nations, our, our nations are in trouble right now. We're seeing what many might call an agenda behind the scenes to bring control. Some might say it is a, it's a real virus, others it's not a real virus. I, I, I believe it is a real virus, but whether it's been used for evil agendas is another story. But our nations are in trouble. We've seen what happened in Afghanistan. We've seen what's happening across the planet. It just seems like we're definitely moving into something Maybe you could say sinister. But there's always an answer. And what is the answer? What is it we need? We need more than what we've got right now. 
we, we cannot win our cities and nations by doing what we're doing right now, by doing church as we're doing it now, by doing our evangelism as we're doing it now, by having programs and strategies of man. Wait, that's not going to work. What is it that's going to work? It's going to be that there's a company of people who are willing to be baptised into the death and resurrection of Christ. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. It's so powerful because we're looking for revival, but revival really should be anyway actually just living the resurrected life of Christ but there is no resurrection without a death and we must appropriate that death we must in every area of our life allow the spirit of God to enable us to completely die to self completely yield every every motive everything we do must be dead to our ways dead to our selfish ways so that we can then be resurrected in that very area of our life whether it's our motives whether it's our thought life whether it's no matter what it is actually we have got to yield fully and be baptized like christ into the death of christ for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection knowing this that our old man was crucified with him and that the body of sin might be done away with you know when we enter into this the body of sin that sinful part of us is done away with when we enter into this when we appropriate this there's no place for sin there's no place for the enemy there is nothing the enemy can hold us to legally he cannot have anything over us and it's in that place that we begin to move into resurrection life we might call that revival we might call it an outpouring but actually it's a yielded vessel like Catherine Kilman or Maria Woodworth Etta, where they just stood there in the platform as yielded vessels and particularly um, Maria Woodworth Etta, 30 40 miles away the glory would come people would mock and people would be like coming to mock her and even stone her and try and even kill her but they couldn't they would be stricken dead sometimes sometimes they'd be stricken blind they'd be stricken down they'd have trances and in the trance they would see heaven or they would experience hell or they would see christ on the cross they would experience the love of god or the fear of god or the holiness of god but it came because there was a vessel who was identified fully in the baptism into the death of Christ and I really believe this is a something we need to grasp because we talk about outpourings where we're, we're meeting together maybe praying for hours for our cities and our regions and that's all fantastic but God is looking for just one person one man who identifies fully with the death and resurrection of Christ so that we can be dead to that sinful man then Nothing can hinder the heavens being opened. The heavens will respond to the frequency of the sons who are yielded fully, dead to self, completely united to Christ. Then those vessels become conduits 
of God's will, where the heavens open, where the supernatural presence and power of God begins to flow through these people into regions, into nations, into government, into economies, like through wisdom, through the seven spirits of God, through the different aspects of God's character and nature flowing through these people because they are dead to themselves but alive to God. And we become and ones who walk in the full stature of Christ, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we should also live with him, knowing that Christ has been raised from the dead, dies no more. So we therefore begin to partake in the resurrection life. You know, I'm not looking for revival in a way, although I'm not against the word and I'm not against what we think revival is, but I know that it's far greater than revival God wants to bring, but it's not going to come just by us begging, it's not going to happen by us getting enough people to pray, if you just get one more person, if you get 100,000 people then God, God will move, God will move if he can find one person who is truly baptised into the death and resurrection of Christ, who really gets the revelation of being crucified, of walking in the crucified life, then being filled with the fullness of God and then beginning to walk in the resurrected life which is available, which is far greater than revival. Revival is like visitation. This is walking in the fullness of who Christ is. The Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. Well, he's the resurrected, glorified, ascended Christ. And we can be like him. We are like him when we walk through death into the resurrection life of Christ. This is Stephen McKee and this is Wisdom's Echo.